0: Welcome to the ECG podcast for the week of March 21st, 2019. Coming up on today's show, we're going to be talking about Google's unveiling of Stadia, the new cloud-based console service, for lack of a better word, Uh, Cuphead coming to the Nintendo Switch and all the implications uh, with that, including achievements being mentioned as a uh, service offered with the game, Xbox achievements, that is. Uh, and then we're going to be discussing some new releases. Uh, since we didn't have an episode last week, we'll dive into the Division 2, talk about some new seasons for uh, Apex Legends, including the Battle Pass, and a uh, new character coming to Overwatch, and a game that I know at least a couple of us are very excited for, uh, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice. Uh, I'm Chris Waterman. one of your hosts. I'm joined by uh, Zach Cassell from Boston. What's going on? got Robbie Bobby Miller from Baltimore. How you doing? And joining us from Miami, Florida is George Arevalo. Is that how you say your last name, George? I've never actually asked, actually asked that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's close enough. It's technically a is what the-
0: Arevalo. A- fair a- enough. Fair a- enough. Invitation. But hey, yeah. what's going on? And George is going to be a, uh, a guest contributor here for um, the next several weeks because ECG is doing a video game, March Madness technically starting in April, but uh, never mind that. <laughs> we will be running through the best of the best in both the modern and retro categories. We uh, just did a, a draft off mic with uh, narrowing it down to 16 games per category. And we'll be posting that bracket on both our Twitter and Facebook page here within the next couple of days. And you know, we'd love to hear what you guys all think. So uh, I suppose let's uh, jump right into it. <clears throat> We'll start with uh, the news here. Um, uh, let's let's start with Google Stadia or Stadia, I guess is how they're they're pronouncing it. Uh, probably the biggest piece of news this week, uh, the uh, long rumored cloud based uh, gaming platform uh, that will allow you to, um, I guess uh supposedly stream uh, console or pc quality games uh 4k 60 frames per second from several different devices including your telephone your google chromecast on your tv and uh it you know this is kind of our first look not a whole lot of details about this um they did release some specs in terms of minimal or recommended uh internet connection speeds but um that's that's let's jump off there, uh, well, Zach. Um, I know you and I have talked um, both on and off the uh, the mic about uh, cloud based gaming and how exciting that is to have something that powerful on the the go. What what did you think of uh, the presentation and and sort of the information that we got out of uh, GDC? Uh,
2: I thought the presentation was uh, awesome. Um, I think that they really uh, nailed that. Uh, aspect of it uh, one thing that i'm kind of concerned about and i'm sure a lot of people are concerned about is um as long as we have you know the internet service providers here in the states like and everything i i just have a feeling that it's going to be really tough to run this kind of service um on life didn't work out too well Ouya didn't work out too well um so the track record for this kind of service um you know, going this balls to the wall with it uh, doesn't have the best track record. And I think Microsoft is doing the smart thing by kind of easing their way into it, um, uh, as opposed to Google, you know, like I said, going balls to the wall. So I think it's super cool, Um, you know, that it's an option, that it's a thing, that it's coming this year. So it's not like we have to wait long to see, you know, what it's all about. Um, but I don't. Uh, I just, I don't predict it working as well as we would all hope, but I hope I'm, you know,
0: proven wrong. So I guess I should say uh, the stats that came out or the uh, the specs rather, um, they recommend um, a minimum of 25 megabits per second for HD quality and 60 frames per second and uh, 30 megabits per second to stream in 4K. I'm not sure if that's uh, native 60 frames or not. For that, um, so just to kind of throw the specs out there, um, but yeah, I would agree with those concerns. That's the, the infrastructure is the biggest thing. Um, eventually, you know, I, I'm sure that we'll, we'll get there. But um, the, the other thing I see, you know, tossed around a lot that uh, would be a concern for me because I, I have a, a, a serv- internet service provider with data caps. Is is the data usage? You know, you would be using uh, presumably a lot more. Um, data uh month to month if you were streaming all of your games versus uh, downloading them and playing them Uh, how about you robbie bobby what would you you make of this how's your internet up there in uh, baltimore
3: Uh, (laughs) i i upgraded to the gigabit uh the one gigabit connection which has been a, a nightmare uh with trying to keep my router uh updated with it and whatnot but I, I, I'm excited for streaming. I, I think it's great. I think it's probably going to, uh, unfortunately, people are going to hate me for this, but I think it's going to kill the Switch uh, if, if games go this way uh, because then any tablet, anything could be portable and you could just sync up something to it and play. Uh, but I think it's good. I, I'm excited. I like competition. I, I, I'm a PlayStation guy, but I do, I do like games on Xbox and everything else, and I think competition is always good for everybody. Except for the Oya. I don't. I really don't know what happened there. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, they, they flopped pretty bad.
0: Execution's going to be everything. I mean, Google is po. I mean, they're poised with Google Fiber, you know, I think to potentially deliver the speeds and potentially the, uh, you know, unlimited data that you would need for something like this. 5G right. is kind of on the horizon for non-Wi-Fi or Internet, um, you know, gaming. So I think if you saw like a future Nintendo console, uh, whether it be like the Switch 2 or something like that that had a 5G antenna built into it um, and you could access as faster speeds, that may be um, a game changer. But yeah, a lot of interesting questions. How about, uh, I've never asked you, George, how's your internet down um, in Miami? Who's your provider and, and what kind of speeds do you typically see if you've ever done a speed test? Nope, did we lose, did we lose George? No, it seems like he's talking. He's just not coming through. Yeah, might be some technical difficulties there. Um, we'll, we'll keep kind of chugging along and see if George can get the uh, the mic situation uh, sorted out here. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, you know I, the controller uh, very. Um, I, I don't know. I wouldn't call it underwhelming, but they showed that off uh, as well. It's kind of what you'd expect. It's got the uh, the four main buttons, some shoulder buttons, and triggers. Uh, the share feature seemed pretty interesting. And along with that, sort of how they're tying it into uh, YouTube and and Twitch streamers, the fact that you may be able to uh, now interact with your favorite Twitch streamers if they open up their uh, chat, you know, um, to to allow players to come in would be uh, quite cool. Um, I think, you know, if if the people that are into both streaming or watching... Yes, you're back. You're, all right, yeah, I can't, yeah, no, it's okay, man. <laughs> so that's all right. It happens all the time. We just kind of roll through. So, um, so yeah. <laughs> who's your ISP down there um, in in South Florida?
1: Yeah, yeah. What happened there was I just switched from I went from Wi-Fi to the to the internet on the on the phone. So I guess it kind of made things a little crazy. So yeah, like a few months ago, I actually switched off from from Comcast uh, because it kept jacking up the rates and and yeah, no, I just have a really questionable business practice so i switched over to uverse um because they were they were offering basically half the price so we pay for up to 100 megabits per second and we actually get about 140 um on fiber optics i believe it is um we have no issues with the internet it's pretty solid one thing that i that i do have to get into is is ping i've never ever noticed that to be an issue but I've had an, an issue with ping, um, in, in terms of when everything, anything is connected wirelessly. All my gaming is done is done hardwired, but there's like a slight delay in whatever wireless device receiving the signal, um, before it gets it, you know, gets the full hundred and change uh, megabits per second, which is actually really frustrating to the point where, like, if I do mobile gaming on the phone. I'm better off using the phone's four G than to use my own home Wi Fi. So I've just been a little lazy to look into it. But chiming in on the Stadia, that I have the same concerns about being able to handle, um, you know, those kind of graphics at that kind of speed consistently, um, you know, and making multi with multiplayer being the biggest thing that'll be affected by 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 any issues with that. But um, if Google's gonna make a big splash to get in and, and become a big player in gaming, I think that's the way to do it. That's the one market that hasn't been mastered yet.
0: And I, I think where we'll see you know, uh, I, I think it was Bobby who was saying competition's always good. Uh, where I'll be interested to see is is Nintendo and Xbox kind of buddying up here, and Microsoft um, presumably going to show their version of the cloud gaming at E3 this year. Um, maybe potentially turning the Nintendo switch into a cloud gaming device where you're suddenly able to play the new halo, the gears of war. And, you know, we've kind of covered that on past shows Um, very, very interesting future. I I think we'll get there at some point just remains to be seen if it, it is, you know, this generation or not. I recall, uh, when the, um, xbox one and playstation 4 were primed to launch they said that was going to be the last console generation and we now know that that's not quite true but um you know i think that it's not unreasonable i think that that might be the case someday or that it will be so unrecognizable that we don't think of them in terms of generations like we used to so okay cool um Moving on to, I guess, sort of a related uh, topic, Uh, we kind of touched on this a little bit, but uh, Cuphead coming to the Nintendo Switch, uh, kind of seeing Microsoft and Nintendo's uh, relationship, um, I wouldn't say really evolve, but sort of all the rumors that we've been hearing kind of a little more fuel to the fire here with Cuphead not only coming to the Nintendo Switch, but confirmation that Xbox achievement support will now Um, be a feature on that game we have the answer to that question now and i know my boy zach over here is super fucking primed as i am i that you could potentially start earning xbox achievements for games on your switch the um, really, really cool thing. I love playing indies on my switch and uh, that added incentive, um, you know, to do that, as we've said, would be great. Uh, but, you know, Cuphead itself as a game, one of my favorite games the year it launched. I've actually been, um, you know, playing back through some of the expert levels. I'm about halfway through the game uh, uh, trying to kind of get good or get better, I guess, uh, playing through that. But just an utterly charming, if, if you guys have never played this game, and you have a switch, I would say, don't hesitate it's It's fantastic. um, I am
2: super duper excited about this, one because I only played cuphead on my buddy's profile that had it. um wasn't the kind of game that I will sit down on my Xbox and play. It is totally a game that I will sit down on my switch and play on the go. so I'm so excited that I can earn achievements for this. On my switch, on the go, I can play it while I'm in line at packs and get achievements, and it's that's mm-hmm. that's fucking awesome to me. And and I'm 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 glad, you know, that something that we were I don't want to say clamoring for because I feel like this news kind of came pretty quick. So I mean, like once the news hit about this coming, like we got you know confirmation about this pretty quick. Like the speculation was only for what a month or two that this rumor was going around. So, like, we didn't even have time to clamor for it, really. But in the time that, like, the rumor was going around and everything and the fact that it's come to fruition so quickly is just – it's super fun.
0: And I'm just – I'm i am pumped to you. you. George or Bobby, did either of you guys play Cuphead when it came out?
3: I, I did not, no.
1: Yeah, negative. I, I seen a lot of people play it. I got a buddy of mine who's into those kind of games and 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 kept recommending it to me um i don't know it just i i got a, i've gotten a little bougie since we've gotten into the modern world where if it's not a 3d type game I'm, I'm not big in on it but um but now that it's coming to the switch i've been more open to playing those types of games so i'll probably pick it up since how much you guys are saying good things about it
0: yeah it, it's you know it's a great game to pick up and put down which i i feel like where the the switch can you know excel i mean don't get me wrong you have your breath of the wild that so you can sit down and binge play but um, it's also great to have those games that are very easy to start and stop, and I mean, it's it's going to be right at home on the Switch again. It's, it done. is not easy though. Don't let don't, like that's not oh, to say that you can that's pick this one up, blow
2: it, through a couple yeah. levels, and put it down. Like you might oh, pick that definitely. up and sit on the same level that whole time.
0: But yeah, it, no, it's it's, it's likely. Run. It does have that sort of rush uh, that the Souls games offer, where. Uh, you kind of get your ass kicked for a while by the same boss, but you, you you learn the telegraphs and the attacks, and you get a little farther. In fact, they have a little progress meter at the bottom that shows you um, how far you're getting to the end of the boss fight, and uh, it does add that little level of addiction where you're like, "All right, I think I can do just a little better." And and you you know you have measurable progress. It's it's a good way to um, kind of present that, but you don't see the progress meter until you die, so it's not. <laughs> really a distraction but um more of a kind of a inspiration to keep going so yeah, cool um anybody else want to add anything on uh, on the, the couple of news topics here stadia or the cuphead on yeah. switch or you guys want to jump into to the good stuff that we've all been kind of <laughs> going crazy over
3: yeah I'm all right kidding.
0: I'm going to take that as a uh, as a yes. We can move on. Um, so let's talk uh, Division Two. It's a little indie game. I think they made it for under ten thousand dollars. You know, about four people on the staff. <laughs> no, <laughs> no man, this thing is a is a is a beast. And um, I I will admit I probably haven't played as much as you guys, but I'm fucking loving it. Like I I mean I've only played solo too, and I'm really really enjoying it.
2: Yeah. That um. I just I'll I'll get it right out the way that um i do not own the division 2 um one because um i played the beta for it and uh I had more fun playing Anthem. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, here, here we go. Wow.
0: Um, <laughs> but, oh, I'm right. kidding, <laughs> Zach. Everybody's Listen. entitled to what they like, man. I'm just giving you our
2: yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's something for everyone. Uh, I'm going to... I'll keep this short since I, I haven't played... I mean, since I don't have the full release of the game. I am fully aware 100% that The Division 2 is... In pretty much every way, shape, or form, a better game than Anthem in its current state. You know, certainly, me, you know, yeah. stability-wise, things. I would agree with you. Yes, me personally, I just have more fun playing Anthem. I'm more invested in Anthem. I I like, uh, you know, this. I, I you can. It's. I've gone over what I like about Anthem, and and I love the division because I've I put t- tons and tons of hours into the Division One. It's just there happens to be two of these kind of games coming out at the same time. And the one that I got first, I enjoy personally more than uh, the Division 2. And then, you know, other games coming out, Sekiro, a couple of the games. You know, I'm, I'm not going to have the time to invest in two of those kind of style games where you got to sink the
1: time into it like that. So it's, it's yeah. Anthem for me for now. Yeah, I mean, to to kind of piggyback, off, I can actually understand that logic now that you've kind of explained it, because that's I kind of feel the same way in reverse going from uh, for me. Anthem wasn't a good enough experience compared to coming from playing Destiny 2 so heavily. So it just wasn't good enough for me to to drop Destiny 2. But the division was different enough for me to like I've gotten full blown into it. And I, and, and that's kind of the route that I went. So, so I understand the logic. Uh, i just just the opposite for me but but i get it i think the division two has been so so solid it just seems like such a good game i've gotten really really deep into it but i will say this i am not yet at the point in the division two that i got to in the division one before you know where most people dropped off at the beginning of the game I'm not at that level yet where you're getting towards the end and realize that the end is not that great, and it needed some work for it to come back. So I'm, we haven't gotten to that point yet in the division too. So there's still much that remains to be seen. But everything so far has been nothing short of awesome for me, anyways. And I
3: think, think
2: like fun. I said, I, 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 don't, I don't own it, but I, 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 I can assume that uh, you guys can confer that the vast majority of people are saying that like even, even the end game in this is like very stocked. Like
0: this game's pretty damn full of stuff for you to do. It appears so I'm with yep. George. I'm only like level 10, uh, maybe just under. So I'm, I'm very much like I, I had some stuff going on and unfortunately wasn't able to play as much um, as I wanted to the last couple of weeks um, since launch. But um, yes, that everything that I've heard uh, leads me to believe that the end game is robust enough and there's enough content on the horizon coming that uh it seems like this game you know is sort of well stocked up front and will be well supported um in the coming months i think the biggest thing for me is <clears throat> in a lot of ways Um, you know, maybe this game doesn't feel that big of an iteration for people that maybe stuck with the division or came back to the original division. But for me, it's like almost like playing a brand new game, you know, it feels like a true sequel and that there's a lot of refinement. Um, the shooting feels a lot more punchy, like, you know, um, even solo where it's a little, a little bit more challenging for me, honestly, like with combat, um, I, 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 feel, um like the the combat is is a lot more exciting um, than uh, the first division where things were, you know, don't get me wrong, there's still some spongy enemies and things like that, but where I feel like a lot of times what adds the challenge to the combat or the boss encounters is the environment along with like the AI, and uh, I feel like I'm really having to stay on my toes and kind of move and use the cover effectively, use my gadgets, time the way that those are deployed um, and, uh, you know, uh, that along with all the other numerous, I mean, different class abilities and everything else, just like, uh, I feel overwhelmed, but in a good way where I'm like, man, like, you know, it feels like every half hour, 45 minutes, I'm unlocking a new gun or ability or perk or something that is just, you know, keeping me hooked on the gameplay loop of doing a
1: couple of missions and then kind of feel like I'm a little more powerful and more to do, but yeah. I think with the combat too, the biggest thing that stuck out to me, at least in, in my limited time playing the Division 1 in comparison, is that the AI is is, is so challenging. The biggest thing, especially yes. with a, a, a game that is heavily based on cover tactics, is a lot of those games you can just sit and cover and just Peek out periodically but in this game they will force you out of cover it'll be a matter of time between before somebody rushes at you and you cannot stay in one place you need to you need to keep moving um which makes those missions so much more difficult when you know when you've got i think what we call them now rushers which these guys that are like juiced up they just come at you with like riot gear and just start smacking you across the face and then your only way out is to run into like some guy that's also loaded up and has like a minigun or something like that. So, it, teamwork is key. Um, adding more people into your team makes every mission that much more difficult, much more coordinated. And I feel like everybody using different abilities and all that is key. It just seems like such a well put together game. Um, the only downside that I personally had so far is, and I understand why they did it is the game is, tr- was, is, I guess, designed in a way that it doesn't want you to be powerless. It's basically very difficult to play with your higher-level friends. If you invite right. someone, I'm level 19, for example, so if I were to w- want to go play with Chris, who's level 10, I join his party, his mission, he immediately becomes level 18. Um, so his stats get scaled up, and the missions become that much harder. Now that sounds good and dandy on paper. The problem is that Chris is level 18, but he's he's rocking level 10 gear, which means he gets downed in a shot or two, and it's a relatively shitty experience for Chris um, in, in certain instances. So that's pr- I think it should be the other way around. I think it would be better if you scaled the higher level person down, um, so that it's more even. Um so I wonder if that's an that though change. But that's probably my only complaint on the division 2 so far is that I basically can't play with any of my friends who are further ahead until I catch
3: up. I I kind of agree. I I've been
0: Oh, Bobby, you cut out there for a second, buddy. Oh. Sorry.
3: Sorry. Is it back?
0: Yep, yeah, yep, you're back. Okay.
3: Yeah, I it's the first game in a long time where it it actually hooked me and uh i just feel like it's been forever since that's happened and i now have uh, it looks like i was looking at it here a second ago 55 hours in the game I'm wow. level 29 and i've just been doing mostly uh side missions until it makes me do a main story to get to the next uh zone but i i've i've had a blast and i can't wait to go back and do it on hard. uh it's just been uh the dark zones everything's fantastic the only thing i don't like is the clans, I, I don't... It reminds me of, like, Warframe and some of the other ones where they expect all the clans to be, like, 500 people. Uh And, like, oh. the weekly progressions, it's like you need, like, uh 3,400, like, guns you have to destruct. And it's like, we only have a clan of four people, and uh we're halfway now. Uh, but, man, it, it is a struggle if you only have a small clan. I wish they would scale that a little bit more. Uh, but... But like we unlock level two where we got a vendor, but holy goodness, level three is like it's like four million points difference and it's gonna take us more than a week to get there.
1: Yeah, I've seen some of the like some of the weekly challenges are to like get 150 uh matchmaking wins. Like, dude, I don't know anybody that's playing that much uh conflict or domination, stuff like that.
3: Yeah. So yeah, I don't it's... even know how people get to that side already. It's like I've I don't know why they would want to go to PvP like first off the bat with the Division. It's like there's just so much fun stuff. The loot, man, the loot is what I, I have all gold armor. Uh, it was fun trying to find all that. It wasn't like Destiny where it was like the biggest grind of my life, uh, but it, it's been very rewarding. Uh, people don't like the loot in this game for some reason. I saw some reviews and complaints. They said that uh, they weren't dropping as much. I don't know where they're playing, but I, I, I get loot all the time.
1: Yeah, I've yes. had, I've had no issues with that. I've had no issues with that. The Dark Zone has been great. I th- I think this is a change from Division 1. I. I didn't play the Division 1 as much. Um, but in the Dark Zone, you have just as much a chance to get contaminated gear, which you need to extract, as you do gear that can go straight into your inventory. So even if you're going in there solo and you're worried about people taking your stuff, you still have a shot to get decent loot that will go straight into your inventory and is immediately usable and doesn't need to be extracted, which I think is a plus. For people that that um you know that might have been you know hesitant to enter the dark zone too,
3: yeah, yeah, that's what I was hesitant. in Especially rogue agents, I love shooting rogue agents.
0: you <laughs> <coughs> will definitely have me drooling over here. Like I, I can't <laughs> wait to to play, especially like some more of the uh you know the t- like that's the thing I've missed so far is the more the team coordinating stuff. That's why I like games like Destiny or Division. I just at the time he hasn't worked out. Unfortunately, where I've been, you know, on at the same time and can play uh, with friends. But I'm hoping that that definitely changes uh, after this weekend. But um, I would say, yeah, overall, my impressions have been very, very, very favorable.
2: Um, yeah. real quick, just to piggyback off the aspect of teamwork, real quick. Um, since we didn't have an episode last week, and huge. Um, Supporter of Total Rock Games, they announced a new game called Back for Blood, and, you know, they're returning to their zombie roots, uh, co-op zombie shooter, so uh, just, uh, you know, just wanted to throw that out there because it's going to be so good, such a great development team. Like I said, Evolve was underrated, and Left 4 Dead is one of the greatest zombie games of all time, so.
0: Yeah, definitely looking forward to that. Then that's that's my kind of game of games as a service game that I would probably... Uh, like a, an Overwatch or an Apex that is perfect for jumping in intensely for a couple of weeks and then popping back out. I don't think there's as much of a time commitment, you know? It's fun to do those campaigns, but yeah, I'm, I'm equally stoked about that one um, as well. Um, all that talent, you know, primed to to kind of go back to their, their roots, uh, to do basically a Left 4 Dead clone, you know, the, uh, with the original the successor, Yeah. Yeah, spiritual successor uh, with, you know, modern console graphics. Uh, Yeah, sign me up for sure. All right, um, moving into, uh, we'll touch briefly on uh, Apex Legends uh, launching its first, um, you know, battle pass, uh, introducing a new character, uh, Octane. Um, I have not checked this out yet, but I've been playing a fuck ton of Apex up until this point um i've heard some mixed things about how the battle pass works and the things that you you earn given the price tag and everything but um it seems like the character at least has been very well received um has anyone checked out uh octane i, I think bobby you said you did right
3: yeah yeah i did i i'm trying to remember what his special is i know if you hit the uh, on ps4 it's the l1 button he uh like it's a, a drop of adrenaline for a couple seconds, but I think it uses some of his health. Oh, that's right. And then the L one R his special is uh, a jump pad, like he jump jumps out of the way or something.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah, I've seen some clips of people getting uh <laughs> launched into the air and yeah, all kind oh, yes. kinds of wild stuff there. Um <coughs> Pardon me. Getting over a little bit of a cold here. Uh what uh what about the um the the battle pass? It seems like there was uh, little bit of a lukewarm reception to uh not necessarily the price tag but sort of um it looks like the the time it would take to earn the items and then kind of the quality of the loot. I saw that there was it looks like a lot of duplicate items and things like that
3: uh, yeah i I wish they would have did it like sooner like when it released uh it just seems like it's a lot of wasted items it's like stuff that you could spend like the in game uh <laughs> Currency on to get like tracker updates and some of the uh, lower rewards, uh, which which some of it's nice, but some of it just seems like it's going to take forever and nobody's going to get to it. And the fact that there's no like character up uplo- or unlocks, I think that's what people were more upset about. Like there weren't extra characters in it, sure. Uh, mm. But it's it's not Fortnite. That, that's people just need to realize it's not Fortnite. We're not going to have characters all the time and different things. Because they have special abilities. It's a little different. It's like Overwatch.
2: The uh, character isn't part of the season pass.
3: No, nope. he's just an additional character.
0: Free update. Yeah, you get him as a free update.
3: Well, uh, no, no. You have to use if you you have to use your twelve thousand uh, well, uh, in game credit things. Yeah.
0: Yes. Oh, I guess what I meant by that was that like, the contents there, yeah, it's just like yeah. like the other two. Um Oh, man, um, I'm having a brain fart Oh, here. Mirage caustic, and project. Yeah, there you caustic. go. You can unlock. I mean,
3: he's, oh, uh, no, Caustic, yeah, my bad.
0: You can pay to unlock if you want to, like those other two, or you can just earn the in-game currency. Uh, I'll confess, I'm not usually enticed to spend money in games like this. I usually will throw Blizzard a couple bucks um, every few months uh, just because you do get free characters, maps, and the like uh, in Overwatch, and it's kind of more of my way of tipping them than anything else. But typically with these things, like Apex is such a complete game to me, even without like the cosmetic shit that um, I just, I don't ever see myself personally wanting to spend money on the battle pass, unless they have
1: something a little juicier underneath the uh, the hood. Um, how do you so guys feel about it? I think it's tough because, so when I heard that the battle pass was coming, I was like, you know, I've never put money into games like this, buying extra stuff on a game that's free. But I've enjoyed Apex so much that I was willing to, why not, 10 bucks and, yeah. and get some stuff? I was really willing to do it. Um, but I think they're in a tough spot because they could have pulled the typical EA move and they made the battle pass a requirement for, for Octane, and they didn't. They gave us this character, a new character that could be um, unlocked the way you unlock any of the other um, special characters. Um, they gave that to us for free at no extra cost. um, so I mean, I think, I think that's cool. um, so you know, if it's if it's for you, cool, if it's not, it's not. I mean, yeah, I think the battle pass could be better. It's not particularly lucrative. um, but I think, in the end, they did the right thing. they gave they gave us some new content, a new character, and they didn't force us to buy this battle pass. It's only if you want to, which is the way that this game has been so far. so i'm I mean, I'm okay with it. I don't have a complaint about it. It could be more lucrative, but you know. At least they didn't put, they didn't force you to do it to to be able to get a new character.
3: Yeah, I agree there. I I paid for it, and I, that's just because I, I try all the battle passes out at first. I did Rocket Leagues too, which, that that man, that one's strenuous as well. It it takes forever. Ooh.
0: Do you guys think a good compromise in the future would be that you same same kind of thing now, where the characters there you can unlock them with currency if you have it on day one, or you know you can earn it throughout the season, but do you think a better compromise would be if you buy the battle pass as part of it? You automatically get access to the character.
3: Is that? Is that I is that honestly good? think that I think that Apex did not think that it was going to do as well as it did, mm-hmm. uh, and that's why I think that the the first battle pass is kind of like maybe uh, like George was saying, like things that were you Know EA, you know, pay for stuff they wanted you to pay for everything. I think that they were kind of backed into a corner and had to throw stuff that they wanted you to pay for, uh, in like this now to get people to stay into it. Uh, but I mean, it, it's it's killing it on Twitch and everywhere. I mean, Apex is just it's just fun, it's just smooth for some reason. I don't know what it is, but it's great.
0: Yeah, and you know, all about that, Mr. Smooth 423. Oh. <laughs> yes, sir, yes, sir. <laughs> but yeah, yeah i'm I mean, saying like I, as a player like that like let's say you didn't buy the battle pass would you be angry at if like the purchaser of the battle pass got instant access to the character where you had to spend currency that's what I'm like i'm just kind of you know brainstorming I
1: yeah i don't think that you can ever get upset at um at someone getting something that's essentially cosmetic um uh, yes. by, by by paying for it you know like these none of these characters are broken um you know they're all they're all unique in their own way so it's he's basically paying for something that's cosmetic i don't have a problem with it so so long as it's cosmetic i do think that if they were to include a character the battle pass itself would need to be more expensive um and I, not that i would want it to but the reason is unlocking a character costs about seven dollars and fifty cents in, in, right. in points so for 10 bucks, you get a character. And so it just, it would, I think, diminish the value of the other things that they put in the battle pass if they included the character at the same price. So I don't think that that would work. I wouldn't have a problem with it because at the end of the day, it's something cosmetic and it can still be achieved over time. I do think it takes a little too long to be able to save up enough of those coins um, to unlock a character. Like I still haven't unlocked my second character and I've got over 100 games. Um, You know, and I'm pretty solid at it. So I do think it takes a lot of time, but at the end of the day, it's it's a free game. I don't have a whole lot to bitch about or much to stand on,
0: man. No, and I don't get the impression that the internet as a whole is, like, outraged or anything by this. But I know me personally, I would be more enticed to buy a Battle Pass if the character was instantly unlocked with it. Um, Even if, like, say they raised the price by $5, maybe split the difference a little bit. Yeah. Um i fifteen bucks maybe every two or three months to get a new uh character plus you know some of the other instant unlocks and then the ability to earn the other stuff would be more appealing for me personally, just knowing that like right off the the bat, I have something cool that I can kind of get in there and play with but um yeah, it's an interesting question siege I think siege kind of does
2: that, so um they the way that their season passes is <laughs> uh, you. You buy the season pass, and you have instant access to the new characters. Um, if you don't buy the season pass, you can just buy the characters with in-game currency.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, that's a, a game that I, I've dabbled with on the free weekends, but never quite pulled the trigger on. But people seem to really, really enjoy. Um, I don't think it's uh, been... Uh, well, it's probably been a long time since you've ever seen a lot, anything like considerable ba- that considerable bad news come from um from that game that ecosystem and the people that are into it so uh, i don't know if you guys saw the speaking of really quick not really on the agenda but the the anti-griefing measures that they're implementing the siege i don't play the game but i thought it was funny like <laughs> if you shoot your uh own teammates <laughs> it will reflect the bullets back at you and kill you instead of the your teammates if you're trying to team kill which I thought was fucking hilarious. It's, it was well it's
2: a huge it's like very toxic in that community. It's like people my my buddy is wicked high core into that game and it's very it's a it's a very bad problem of people team killing. And so I guess the way it works is if you one team kill, not an issue if you team kill again is when it kills you too. Right. Cause like, because like, you know, there's those accidents, someone runs in front of you with something and you accidentally sure. kill somebody. So you can't punish somebody for that. But like, there's been like starts of the round where as soon as the round starts, one person kills the entire team.
0: And yeah, like, that's I, I remember that from maybe counter strike back in the day. Yeah. Uh, playing on PC, things like that. I mean, griefing is always going to be a problem, unfortunately, but yeah, it's always nice when they can, not only put countermeasures in, but something that's uh, frankly kinda
3: hilarious. Um they like would do that with Anthem with people that don't drop with you. <laughs> I mean, hey, that's you know, should drag them back to you. <laughs> yeah, that
2: worked. They 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 uh they kind of fixed like so like in the Anthem, like when you were doing a stronghold and you were trying to progress, like if somebody didn't move forward, you couldn't move forward, but like they changed it, so that it's not an issue anymore. So stuff like that's Oh nice and this is actually a significant update for Anthem coming uh next week. So if you wanna like look up uh you know what that update entails and everything, that's they're they're consistently, you know, improving this.
0: Yeah. Oh keep keep us posted, but I have a feeling that I'm gonna wait for the equivalent to like the Taken King or Forsaken before I hop oh, in that that's, game. That's May. <laughs> so the cataclysm drops in May.
2: That's like their equivalent, that's gonna be like their huge that I'm pretty sure their first
0: huge, like, content drop, and
2: that's, like, sure. their rate and everything like that, so...
0: Yeah, I'll definitely keep an eye on it. Um, let's move on really quickly to the Overwatch character. Um, I have not checked out uh, Batiste yet, but um, for those of you that have, um, you know, give some impressions, maybe a quick description of what the character's abilities are, how they feel to play, and how you think they kind of fit into the meta.
2: That's uh, George, I think, was the one who who played him. I haven't got a chance yep. yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys
0: hear me good? Yeah. Oh yeah. Come well, on, okay. clear, buddy.
1: <clears throat> All right. Yeah, um I got some time to to dabble um with Baptiste um this past Tuesday. I really dig the character. Um he, you know, he I was concerned when I saw the videos leading up to it that he was going to be a little bit um like overpowered. Um it seemed like he was just going to, you know, I'm not I'm still kind of new to Overwatch. I've only been playing for like, you know, four or five months. So I'm not that into the competitive scene regarding it. But I know that it looked like he was just going to kind of fund the meta of just healers and tanks. Right. But um, but I felt like he could be overtaken. Um, His his abilities are basically he's got a burst fire SMG. So it's three round burst, um, which does solid damage. Nothing, nothing too crazy. But he's not exactly a pushover either. Um, it's, it's, it's really, really solid. His alternate fire is a regenerative burst. It's almost, it's launched almost like a grenade, uh, like a grenade launcher. Um, so mm-hmm. it, does, it does require some aiming and it gives, uh, a bit of a burst of healing, um, to your allies. Um, where he gets really interesting is both in his movement and this immortality field. Um, his immortality mm-hmm. field, it's like, he just drops, uh, almost it's almost like a grenade it seems so you have to aim at to where you're gonna drop it, and it'll create like a um, like an area of effect similar to that of lucio 's barrier um sound barrier where you basically cannot die in that in that field you cannot be taken past uh, i think twenty health um however, the thing that deploys it is is something like uh you know, like a little mine that's up in the air so it can be shot down. Yeah. Um, that's the biggest key, I think, to making him um, viable and not not overpowered, to making him balanced, that is. So, so-
2: um, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but like, no. so would, would that work in conjunction with like a Winston, like, could Winston Shield uh, protect that that thing that's deploying the immortality field, or is it up high enough to where anybody on the other team can shoot it so like you can't
1: protect it? <laughs> It can't be protected. It depends on where you put it. So you could put it on the ground, and it's easily seen there on the ground. Or you could put a little bit higher up. Um, I didn't try. I didn't directly test out because you know, it was quick play, so it's basically just still just chaos and not not a whole lot of teamwork going on. So I, I can't say for sure. I would assume that Winston Shield would protect it from being hurt, um, which would you know, which would make for an interesting com- uh, combination, which I haven't tested out for sure. I do know that it's, it's relatively easy to see, um, in my experience, in my limited time playing it, it seemed more of a last ditch effort to survive as opposed to something that you want to hang out in and, and take an enemy down with, you know, over time. It's more of like, holy crap, we need a last ditch effort to stay on the point. Let me put this down and buy us some time for them to like, keel you up. Um, it can survive a lot of things. It can survive Junkrat's uh, ultimate ability. It can survive the Diva Bomb. Um basically takes anything. So if timed right, it's it's huge. Um, but it can be taken down. Um, you know, it's it's over time I'm sure players are just gonna work around it. As soon as they see a Baptiste here, they're gonna think twice about when they let off an ultimate ability or things like that. Um it didn't. It didn't seem overpowered. Um. But, but yeah, it can. It, you need to shoot it down, and shoot it down very quickly. It, it it goes down pretty quickly once it's shot, so it doesn't take much. Um. That answers your question, best I can. Um. And no, then, no, that's I, it's good stuff. It, I think
0: it'll be cool for like the push, you know, at the end where you've got the final two minutes and you're holding the second point, and everyone's rushing their exactly. supers. It seems like a great counter to that you know, push where if the other team's not careful, they could potentially uh, throw out two of yeah. you
1: know, ultimates. It's, it's like a finisher. Yeah, it's either for the final push or the final hole. just to keep your team uh, just enough to get, you know, reinforcements, things like that. Um, he kind of operates similar to Lucio, but the biggest thing is that he's in constant chaos. He is shooting, um, regenerating health, dropping this thing, and then you build your ultimate ability fairly quickly. And that amplification matrix that that's the one that's a real that's a real game breaker. Um, that is also something that you kind of put up. Um, you kind of have to aim it and deploy it. You can see where you're gonna put it before you actually commit to doing it. so you can kind of posture it a little bit, but that um, basically it, it basically magnifies your damage. Um, I'm not sure exactly how much, I don't know if it's like double or trip, uh, actually no, it's doubles. It doubles your damage and the healing effects of any projectiles that go through it. And it doesn't matter from what side it's. So, you know, oh. if you're shooting at someone from one side and they move through the matrix and you swap sides, it still works the in the opposite direction. So, hmm. um, yeah, so you get a bastion turret set up right there and shooting through that and, and you're shredding things. Um, it, it, that was a lot of fun for sure that's probably the more game-breaking thing that he can do i'm definitely keen to to check him out Uh, yeah overwatch is my uh, comfort food
0: for pvp i always like uh hopping in after a couple new characters or maps have been added and kind of just checking out and see how things change Uh, it's fun man It's, it's, it's always a good time um especially when they have the other special events and things i always feel like they do that stuff pretty well Awesome. Well, um, I look forward to that. I know <clears throat> briefly we'll talk because it's not technically out until uh, tomorrow, as of the day of this recording. Anyway, we're recording on Thursday, but uh, Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice, uh, the new uh, game uh, from from Software and Miyazaki, the director of Bloodborne and Dark Souls One and Three, probably my most anticipated game this year for anything that has a confirmed uh release date like i i've been chomping at the bit for this and the reviews are glowing um currently has a meta score of 89 based on 13 critics uh reviews right now uh there's several gaming outlets that uh don't give scores anymore i feel like that's probably the reason why the score is not a little higher if you actually read those reviews from those outlets um they're they're all pretty much glowing um It's basically citing it as uh, one of his best games and undoubtedly uh, like an instant masterpiece the way that uh, Bloodborne was. So that has me even more excited now that uh, we have um, some some critical uh, feedback um, from people that have actually uh, played and completed the game. Uh, seems to be some uh, some discrepancy on whether or not it's easier or harder than uh, Bloodborne and the Dark Souls games. Um, everybody seems to agree that it's very different in a lot of ways and similar in others. Um, you know, primarily the the stealth mechanics and some of the instant. Uh, Uh, kill um, you know mechanics with that that they've added the uh, the gadget that you can kind of upgrade and change the abilities for seems very cool and uh, where Bloodborne and Dark Souls are all about uh, dodging and blocking this game seems much more about uh, changing the type of attack that you're doing and and sort of having more of a toe-to-toe sword fight with the enemies um to uh break their poise and then to do a very uh strong uh sort of counter attack once their poise is broken um man zach or, or how stoked are you on a scale of one to ten to play this
2: yeah man i'm sitting at a 10 it's already installed on my xbox i'm ready to go um super super excited Especially because it's a change of pace from Bloodborne, Dark Souls, you know, uh, where stealth wasn't really an, an option so much. So I'm excited to see how they integrate that in. And uh, You know, from what I've seen, it, it, it looks super interesting because it it's absolutely still has the same vibe.
3: Mm-hmm. And,
2: yep. And um, you know the the world looks absolutely incredible. Something that Bloodborne, I think, um, I didn't play uh Dark Souls. Um when they originally came out, I watched some of Dark Souls 2, so I'm I'm assuming the worlds in those games are just as brilliant as they are in, in Bloodborne. Um uh, but for like, one and
0: three, yes. Um two was a different development team and director. Um so um and, you know it's still a, a good game, but uh one and three were masterclass in level design the same way that Bloodborne was where things kind of folded back in on themselves and there was, uh, shortcuts and You know, things connected in a very interesting way, you know, where you you felt like you'd gone a long distance and then all of a sudden you turn a corner and kick down a ladder or you activate an elevator and it's like, oh, wow, this is just leads back to here. Um, Right. I've heard that Sekiro is perhaps a little more linear than some of those games, but has a lot more verticality. So there's kind of that trade-off. That's where I'm kind of excited to see, like the, the ability to be able to kind of, um, you know, hit that uh, that grappling gun or or that gadget, you know, for the, the, the prosthetic arm uh, to get on top of places, you know, both for the stealth mechanics or to escape um, is very, very interesting to me um, that they're adding that. I think that's kind of a cool touch.
2: Yeah, for sure. It's always interesting when um, a game that's so rooted in a specific play style really changes it up and makes you think. And especially for something like this, where it's uh, the, you have to be like real intricate with how you approach a battle and you have to, you know, you can't just mindlessly go in and, and, and fight these enemies. It's something that you really have to think about. And, when a game changes that and makes and turns it on its head and introduces new stuff. And like, I guess there's like perks now, not like you, not perks, like, um, ill tree that you (laughs) go through now, um, to advance your character since, you know, it's a set character. You're not really like creating one or do anything like that. So it's, it's super interesting. Um, I you know I just can't wait to see all the different boss the boss battles and everything and you know they're all so varied in Bloodborne and like each one was just so unique and you know I'm, the environmental storytelling I can't wait to see you know all of that it looks like to be much uh, more story driven um, yep. from what I've seen so I'm, I'm very interested to see how they approach that too um, just every everything about the, about the game is just. Absolutely incredible, and I I can't wait to to dive in and and hate my life and love it, love it at the same time. So I i'm really looking forward to playing and i I can't wait to talk about it uh next week with you after you know on the episode after hour and
0: 13 minutes at least if it comes out uh at midnight east coast time i have not checked so i may stay up a little late tonight to check it out Uh, a couple things worth noting they did away with both the pve and pvp um cooperative or competitive stuff so there's no longer going to be any other player involvement which is a little bit of a bummer i'll admit because um, i always thought that added an interesting dimension um but something else uh, that's a change that I, I actually do like is um and i might be uh, throwing out a little bit of a hot take for people that enjoy the souls games but the uh the gear now is like you're starting armor and sword is what you have uh for the game so you're no longer upgrading or finding different weapons really um which i think is um, I, I mean, something that I'm ready to embrace. Um, I, while I did like the trick weapons in Bloodborne, I thought like a lot of those were were pretty cool, and some of the variety that you had um, with some of the, uh, the the weapon types in Dark Souls or Bloodborne, I, I never really personally felt that invested in the gear management or the weapons management um, in the way that I do like other more traditional rpgs um i just i some of them felt half-baked at times um again don't get me wrong there's some awesome weapons in all those games but um i'm totally fine with um using you know having more like passive and active abilities and then updating the gadget versus you know trying to to optimize like a particular weapon or armor set uh, for this type of game i don't know how you feel about it but um yeah
2: uh, I, I, I think that's cool. Um, that doesn't really bother me at all. Um, yeah. um I'm because they implemented, um, you know, you you get new equipment, I guess you're not really getting new weapons. Like you get new stuff for your, your prosthetic arm is what I believe you're, mm-hmm. you're going to be yep. upgrading, uh, instead of weapons. So, uh, I'm super interested to see, you know, just all the different things that we're able to do. I've kind of been, um, in the dark about the game so I don't really spoil anything. So I don't know all the stuff that he can put into his arm. I've only watched one or two videos and what I've seen it's same. Mm-hmm. It just looks uh super cool. So as far as the taking the multiplayer aspect out, uh I'm kinda uh on the fence about it. I, I don't mind and it, it's at the same time it's like cool to be invaded and have another player come in and like you have to yeah. worry about the player while you're worried about, you know, the
0: the um
1: Chris goes off
0: of that. and uh so <sighs> oh, that's another story for another day, man oh. <laughs> yeah trying, I was trying to help one of our friends uh through his first dark Souls playthrough. He was having a tough time, and one yeah. of our other friends uh thought it would be funny to find where we were and invade us um and i I really wasn't feeling playing that night at all, I just wanted to help him get through the party. he was stuck, so I could go back to whatever we were playing. Yeah, and uh, but, so anyway, but I'm sorry. Matt, go ahead.
2: No, <laughs> no, no worries. It's it's it's, it's always good when, when you talk about something. You get those memories to flashback. Yeah, uh, but uh, memory
0: is one way to put it.
2: <laughs> um, it's also cool at the same time though, because now it forces lie on yourself and to adapt and overcome in a situation instead of, you know, calling on somebody to come help you accomplish something. So like, I feel like that's going to give you a bigger sense of accomplishment. Like if you were the type of person to call in your friend, if you're able to defeat this boss by yourself. So I don't summon
0: personally, um, but I like having the option to help, you know, people that are maybe wanting to kind of be gently eased into this. But the thing I think I'm going to miss the most besides the evasions, which like it was always great to have somebody come into your world. You do a little bow and everyone emotes for like two minutes and then you just fucking, you know, uh, all the different crazy stuff. But the thing I I think I I will kind of miss is um, messages on the ground, you know, like to kind of lead you to secrets or... um, even just the, the jokes you know like i always felt like that was kind of a funny part of those games you know even if they weren't leading you to a secret or alerting you to an ambush ahead like even just like the try jumping you know on the side of the cliff like shit like that is just like um i feel like it kind of it just that makes me feel like i'm in a from game you know when i see those kind of things on the ground so i think i'll probably miss them but i not maybe not Um, one of the
2: biggest things of Bloodborne though, and, and they did have the messages on the ground, uh, in that and everything, but as far as Bloodborne goes, like when that game came out, um, it's the word of mouth that really blew it up and like everywhere on social media, man, like all the game groups I was in, were talking about it and like, Oh man, you guys get to this part. You get to this part. You see this over here. Like, how'd you beat this boss? How'd you do this? So like I feel like you will still get that. It's just not going to be in game. Like these, this Froms games get people talking so much because of how difficult they are and because of the sense of accomplishment you get from achieving something. That I feel like it's community and the way that people talk about it on on uh,
0: social media and everything is just way different than most other games. And- yeah. I trust I trust Michael Zaki as uh, as he's known from uh, Prepare to Try. If you guys uh, watch that uh, Let's Play show, um, highly recommend it. Even if you don't play these games, it's very funny. It's three uh, guys from the UK uh, bashing their heads against the wall, getting through uh, each of these games kind of one at a time. But um, but yeah, I, I trust you know Maya Zaki. He's a, he's a brilliant um, game director. He's a brilliant level designer um the, you know again the the reviews i i just man there's not really much else to say at this point until i got my hands on it but um i yeah, my hype level's at 11 so i i just i,
2: I really hope more people like give these kind of games a try because like i i was one of the that like held off for a long time because of the difficulty level and all that but the gameplay is literally like bloodborne is without a doubt top three if not the number one like gameplay wise the best i've probably ever played it's so tight it's so well done everything about the game plan game is refined to a T. and like i'm so excited to see that carried over into this game and like i i wish people would give it a chance to like dive into that and like get enveloped in it because like it's it's really like truly something special
1: I
0: I have managed to pull a few people into these games over the years, and uh, yeah, I would agree. Like, for me, the hardest conversation is always Bloodborne. Bloodborne versus Dark Souls. uh, Picking my, you know, my favorite, uh, it's probably become Bloodborne, but I think because of its legacy, Dark Souls, uh, I still have to kind of put slightly above it, but in terms of, like, replayability, boss fights and everything, the one game that I enjoy the most, uh, maybe it's because it's so recent, um, Bloodborne is definitely, you know, my preferred out of the two, but... So, yeah, we'll have more to say on that probably next week. Um, Not probably. I I can tell you I'll definitely be putting a a fuck ton of hours uh, between, you know, Division and uh, Sekiro. Um, Let's go ahead and round out the show. Um, Don't have to go too wild here, but I thought it'd be kind of cool to talk about um, some of our our favorite uh, DLC. Um, Could be from any era, any game. Doesn't matter. You can pick one or a couple uh adam uh was able to um help us with our tournament bracket, but he had to go um for the evening before we started recording the episode. He wanted me to note that uh Minerva's den from bioshock Two is uh his um yeah, personal favorite which uh I, I confess I've not played, but um, I've heard nothing but uh but great things about it. Uh since you're the, the guest of honor, uh George, why don't you uh tell us uh if you have a favorite DLC or a couple, you know, DLCs um that uh that stand out to you. Um relatively new concept
1: in, in gaming
0: DLCs. But yeah, do you have a couple or one?
1: Yeah. yeah um so I've I'm actually pretty anti DLC. Not in the sense like I don't have an issue with it, but I've actually managed to stay away from to avoid play like I have a hard time replaying games, so usually, uh, if I you know I'm big into a game, buy it right away, beat it. But it's hard for me to come back to it a certain amount of time later and add to it. Um, but one thing that did stick out, I, I, I want to make sure that I I'm not speaking out of turn here, was Thane. Part of uh, remember the character Thane Cryos in Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Did he have a DLC in in involving um, like his backstory? Or was that um, part of the actual game? Uh,
0: I don't believe so. I, now, I have not played the Mass Effect 3, on, not all of the DLC in Mass Effect 3, so I can't speak to that. But I believe that, uh, to my knowledge at least, uh, all of his backstory comes from his loyalty mission and, two, uh, and his recruitment mission. Um, if you're referring to the Citadel with his son and that whole thing, without getting into spoilers.
1: Oh, right, uh, right, right.
0: That is his loyalty mission. Um, the uh, Mass Effect Two DLC was the Layer of the Shadow Broker, uh, the uh, Project Overlord that had the AI on the planet, um, and then there was the uh, the Reaper Invasion one. What was it called? Uh, where like it kind of leads right into Mass Effect Three. But those were the, the DLCs. Right yeah,
1: we might have been the Reaper Invasion. Um, yeah, I didn't know this was one, so I was trying to think of it, but I, I remember that some one of the Mass Effect Two uh dlcs that was one of the few games where i needed to get every last bit of content and it was not so much that that i wanted to that i you know wanted to play dlc it's just i needed to get more of that game and i would literally pay any amount of money for that game to continue going mass effect 2 that is not not the nonsense that has come since oh my god um, (laughs) but but i (laughs) love every bit of anything related to mass effect 2 um, you know, I, I I was big on those, and I'm I'm sad to see where where that franchise has has gone. Um, you know, oh. uh, <laughs> to say the least. It was a rival, by the way, that DLC. A rival,
0: right, well, thank you. Yes, I uh, appreciate. It. Good good call, Zach. Yeah, I I remember the other two because awesome. that one I think was probably least <laughs> favorite. Uh, Layer of the Shadow Broker was uh, was fantastic. That was the first time I think that I paid for DLC, and I was like, okay, I understand why this would be you know appealing like this is fucking fantastic you know
2: um, the the ending to arrival was awesome though like we can talk about it was it. Yeah, oh yeah i mean dude this is it's an old game warning if you haven't played mass effect 2 you destroy you know, yeah. a mass effect relay with a fucking planet like that was awesome like that was yeah. super cool Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, no, I mean, I had some good bits too. I just, you know, that speaks more to I think for the quality of the uh, the DLC. But um, that was my, I think, my least favorite out of them. But it's still very, very cool. Um, introduced uh, some uh, characters like if you were a fan of the books. Um, again, I'm having a brain fart. It's getting late, but the doctor, who's a uh, main character in one of the Drew Carpacion books, uh, pops up in there. She's got a history with. Um, Anderson, um, so it's kind of, that was a neat little Easter egg if you ever read the, the books. Um, <coughs> excuse me, which were fantastic, you know, same writer of uh, the original Mass Effect, so they had you know, a lot of continuity and quality. Uh, what about you, Bobby? Bobby, you got a favorite uh, DLC? I,
3: I do. Uh, it's a bittersweet one, but uh, The Taken King from uh, Destiny, uh, because I dropped it off so early, I kind of feel like Anthem's going to go through the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, where a lot of people drop off, but then they come back when there's a nice DLC. Uh, but I'm kind of the same way, uh, like George as well, where I don't really buy a lot of the DLC, uh, like Fallout 4. Uh, all their DLC was kind of useless. Uh just added uh, the weirdest stuff to the games that I'm guessing that's what Fallout people like, but, oh man, it was weird. Uh, but yeah, I, I the, the Taken King was great. It... It brought a different story to it uh i, I don't know what the hell the destiny 2 stories it it really is but but uh but the taken king brought me back and i played for uh, a very 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 long time uh and doing raids and whatnot and really enjoyed yeah. destiny after that point
0: i mean but it's a solid choice you know i mean that was a a, a dlc that like basically reinvented the game like how everything worked from leveling to the to the loot uh progression and then um i thought it was a ballsy choice but basically they um when you beat the the campaign they they're like oh you want to see how this ends like <laughs> do the raid you know um and yeah. I, I think i mean i ever you know look i love Volta of glass but i think the king's fall raid is probably my favorite raid overall from destiny one just because of how mm-hmm. um epic i mean you know you the intro itself you know is is huge um and then it's like boss battle after boss battle after (laughs) boss battle and um each of them is more intense than the last and then oryx himself is just such a the first time you walk out on that (laughs) platform the when you fought him before he's the size roughly of a guardian you know and you're like all right this guy's not so bad um fucking you know uh koda was was bigger and then when the first time you get to the you know to the to that final <laughs> encounter and he comes up over the side and he's the fucking size of a you know godzilla you know and you're just like how are we gonna fucking kill this <laughs> thing man that was awesome oh, yeah. yeah so i'm I'm with you 100 percent, man i think that's a that's a great choice for uh I think the first time you saw games of as a service like game like that kind of recover and change the narrative and kind of and change people's perspectives. Like, you know, if you keep supporting this thing, it can become something really special and cool. So. Oh, yeah. Good choice. Um, what about you, uh, Zach? You got a favorite uh, DLC or two? Uh,
2: yeah, for sure. Um, one that comes to my mind right away is actually uh, Citadel from Mass Effect 3. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely phenomenal piece of DLC that really um, you know like everyone said should have been included in the game in the first place because you know the whole debacle with how they you know really bungled the ending to that game that's one
1: way to put it um,
0: <laughs> and now refresh my memory is that the one that's like more character driven it's more of like a good part goodbye party takes place yeah.
2: okay yeah so that was like the Citadel DLC was the one where you like it was supposed to take place before you the end of the game, like, mm-hmm. before you went off to fight the Reapers and everything, you threw, like, a big party at your apartment and everything, and, like, it just had so many great character moments, and everybody had their time to shine, and I mean. it was just, it was so brilliant, like, Grunt being your, your, your door, your, your bodyguard at the door and everything, not letting people in was just so hilarious, and, like, it just had a ton of really good, you know, character, like I said, character moments, heartfelt moments, and Uh, that DLC was just uh, super well done. And I understand it was like a fan service because of what happened, but man,
0: they really knocked it out the park. I never played it. You know, that's the one I had the regret that I never checked out. I think that might be the only one that I didn't get to because I kind of was, you know, burned out on that point and just, it's worth it. Exhausted. But yeah, maybe I'll go back like every couple of years, especially with backwards compatibility. Now I like to go back and, and play all those games. Um, I'm still
2: hoping for an HD, like, I want a Resident Evil
0: 2 remake nah, of Mass Effect. Dude, don't, don't, don't tease me, man. Uh, you know, we'll I fuck. Especially if they put massive, the Mass Effect 2, you know, slash 3, slash whatever engine with the first game, because the combat was the worst part about Mass Effect 1, but it's yes. like one of the best stories. Like, the combat Absolutely. and the, the fucking uh, the Mako, you know, bits. But if they if they refine that, oh my god, man. Yeah. Jesus. That
2: would that would be
0: so incredible. But my other my other
2: DLC that I thought uh really, really well done was Undead Nightmare for Red Dead. Oh <laughs> yeah, solid choice. Uh a- absolutely phenomenal. I remember that. Um, they finally introduced uh Bigfoot, which was like the big room ver- Red Dead Redemption was that he so you know, when when they finally introduced him and everything it was it was hilarious and he could talk and and. Uh, you know, John becomes the zombie at the end, and it was it was just a really quality piece of DLC that they didn't absolutely did not need to put out, and it turned out to be just phenomenal, and it was so
0: much fun. Robust too, if I remember right, like that was a pretty robust piece of content. Like it, IGN gave it a ten. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I did, did not recall that, but I mean, I just in when I say in terms of like it didn't feel like it. You know, felt like standalone stuff. Like I feel like for yep. a while, a lot of the DLC that you saw felt kind of tacked on and and kind of meaningless in a lot of those games in that era, and um, that one felt very substantial. If I remember, I would
2: right. I would say like the equivalent to a game in today's in like. Uh, ecosystem would be blood and wine for witcher 3 like that was very yeah. like lauded as or touted as like absolutely incredible it, it even won like best RPG. i'm pretty sure at the video game awards and it was dlc so like that's the equivalent of like how incredible undead nightmares
0: yeah it's been a bit a hot minute man but uh i definitely i'd agree with you that shit was uh, it was quality it was fun um yeah, it was just. I, oh. I think it came out around Halloween too, if I remember. So
2: one more time. really good one is Burial. at Sea. I don't know if you guys played Bioshock Infinite, but Burials. Like uh, it was going to be one of my choices, you <laughs> son of a bitch!
0: But go ahead. No. <laughs> no, no, no. You can you can talk about it. I just want. No, no, no. Go ahead, man. We'll talk about it together. Um, what, what did you like about um, everything? You know, because two parter, right? Like, yeah, that was a kind of a cool thing about it. And a lot of people were like, "Why are they doing it as a two parts?" And it was apparent, you know. Obviously, like
2: well, especially with the second episode, like the introduction of playing as Elizabeth and everything, was, um, absolutely I- incredible. It was like a, a pace, like the the way that they used, like you know, the black and white with the color, and and ah, man, it's I- infinite. Was my favorite Bioshock game, so being able to return to that world in Rapture was oh man it was it was so good and and i i love that story so much and i really really um don't remember a lot of my friends playing and everything so i didn't really get to talk about it much people but like what an awesome piece of dlc i'll let you go into it more
0: but like they they killed it no no i mean i agree with everything you said and i i think it was clever how they um tied it back to infinite again, you know, kind of like, you know, infinite again, spoiler alerts. If you've never played Bioshock infinite, um, you know, the, the big kind of twist was that it kind of loops back into Bioshock in a, in a connected way. And then of course, uh, this, you know, does the same thing. There's that section where as Elizabeth, you go back to, um, Columbia, um, I played as like a non-lethal playthrough when I did her, kind of as a throwback to to Dishonored. I had just done that, so I was like, "Oh, this is kind of very familiar." But um, yeah, that was neat. And then you know, playing the Booker part, um, where like you know, um, he, you're invested in Elizabeth, you like her so much, and then to kind of the the end of that, where there's the betrayal, you know, and she says, "You're just another Comstock that she's killing," you know. Yeah. Was was cool, was shocking. uh Getting to see a young Atlas/Frank slash Frank Fontaine was cool. Yeah, I mean there's a lot of neat things about that that I thought were very smartly uh uh done some of the new weapons and things. And of course, like who the fuck doesn't want to go back and walk around and see a little bit more Rapture, you know? Like Exactly. And
2: she's she's easily one of the best companion characters
0: ever in a video game. Yeah. Vo- voiced by uh Courtney Draper. Um yeah, she did a phenomenal job. Yeah, that was gr- it was great. Um, so I suppose I will, um, for, uh, for an alternate um, or second, I'll do um, the old hunters uh, DLC from Bloodborne uh, to keep it consistent. <laughs> excuse me, consistent with the uh, uh, all the uh, Sekiro talk, um, just because. Uh, so, <clears throat> did you ever play the original Dark Souls DLC, uh, the um, Artorias of the Abyss? That played it okay so that to me was an example of how you don't deal do dlc um i think they thought they were being cute but basically like where the old hunters you can kind of easily access it after a certain point in the game and it's pretty straightforward uh, here's the item you just got to solve a little bit of a riddle like um the one in the original dark souls was very convoluted and how you activated it and you basically had to play through three quarters of the game. Um, to, to get to it. So if you had like finished your original playthrough, you would have to get to the three quarter through mark again to even access the DLC. Um, whereas uh, the old hunters, um, if you were at pretty much any point in the game, I think past like the first, like the halfway point is pretty easily accessible. And then uh, it has what I would argue are um, probably the top three best boss fights in the game and uh, in terms of either cool factor or challenge factor. Um, and uh, it was very fucking substantial too. like the, the different areas yeah. and kind of the whole concept behind that um, was, it was incredible um, orphan of costs uh, and Lawrence, the first Vicar um, both uh, it's probably the closest I've ever come to crushing a controller into smithereens. Um, but uh so satisfying i mean i remember uh distinctly um my wife watching me farm blood vials and then like you know go through them all and like periodically checking in it got to the point where i'd done both of those fights so often that like she just she knew the attack she knew the phases of the boss so she's not even a gamer so um i think she did not see because me be lawrence but when i finally bested the orphan of Kos, um, like you know, she was almost <laughs> as excited as I was just because she had seen me struggle so much, and I think that's kind of a testament to how kind of cool and powerful the, those games are, and the, you know, how big those moments are like when you finally best something like that. But, um, yeah, that was, I think, uh, because they had not really botched but done a DLC just not the way that I would want to see. Um, it was definitely neat to see them come back and really, um, yeah like nail it and uh just do, deliver on something that was not only substantial in terms of the length of the content and you know all that but also um that like i felt like the quality was just there in terms of the boss fights the areas and everything else weapons there's some cool stuff so did you ever play uh you said the old hunters yeah, so it's a the, the single. There's only one DLC for Bloodborne, but that's the one that where you go into like the Nightmare Realm. You fight uh, Lady Maria, the Clock Tower. Um, there's uh, Ludwig, uh, Lawrence, the First Vicker. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: I believe I did uh, play that. I
0: yes, I'm actually
2: yes, I did. Now that you mentioned some of the boss names.
0: Yeah, so the uh, Orphan of Cost, you would remember. He's like a little—I uh, don't know, for lack of a, bear, a better word, he's a an infant creature that crawls out of his mom's womb. Like when you first see him, and he uses his uh, placenta sack as like a fucking weapon. It's disgusting and awesome, and he's super scary. That's uh, the one with Lawrence too, right? Yeah, Lawrence is the uh basically the cleric beast, but he's on fire and um he's got just disgusting uh range and aoe attacks and uh about half nah but the three quarters of the way through the fight, um his basically his legs um kind of like fall off and he just starts spewing magma all over the uh, he's crawling around and magma all over the arena. Yeah, yeah, like I
2: said, they that's that's what I was trying to get at when I was saying like they are so, like top tier like they are at the top of their game when it comes to like boss design and like each one feels different and like when they release the new ones and everything uh i I don't know about other people but like i'm sure i was skeptical i was like man all the bosses in the game are already so different already so good like you're gonna release more and like then they knock it out the pack again so like it makes me even more excited to see what they what they got in Sekiro. So, yeah, definitely, that DLC was awesome. Just more quality game and an example
0: of how to do DLC right. And the last thing I'll add, too, is it was kind of a prequel, sort of, but it gave you all this context for some of the mysteries in Bloodborne and tied up some loose ends um, in a way that felt satisfying and, uh, like, all good
1: uh,
0: from games they had uh you know a couple of the bosses were were secret so that's always fun you know when you figure out how to access a, an optional uh, secret boss so yeah good yeah. stuff all right well um we'll very 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 quickly talk about what we've been playing and then we will bounce for for the week here and obviously um as i said at the top of the show we'll be back um next week um yeah just kind of our regular scheduled uh, podcasting, and then starting the week of the first, we'll have uh, George back on um, to uh, to go through uh, one round per week uh, until we get to the semifinals for our tournament bracket. Again, you can check that out on the Facebook page and Twitter soon. Uh, we have some very interesting matchups on both the retro and modern side. Uh, to give you a quick background on how we did that, basically, we took all the nominees, we did it snake draft style. Each person got to pick a game and we did that until the bracket was was uh, was filled so um that was basically our uh our process for selecting the final games but uh yeah just wait wait till you get a look at that um that bracket we have some tough choices to make even the first round uh we'll again cuz you're the guest of honor george we'll start off uh, just real quick man what you've been playing lately you've yeah i mean I,
1: yeah i've I pretty much talked about the the stuff i've been playing the most right now i'm pretty you know, deep into the Division 2, getting back in Overwatch with the new character and getting in as much Apex as I can in between. So it's been a mixture of those three for the past two weeks or so. Fantastic. How about you, Robbie? Bobby?
3: Uh, I'm pretty much the same. I I, played when the season pass or Battle Pass came out and then I've just been playing the Division 2 nonstop and I'm going to play after the show. Excellent and uh mr zach
2: yeah i am uh still going balls to the wall with anthem uh trying to get my javelins up to master uh masterwork javelin and legendary um yes trying to build those up you know uh, make myself stronger and everything uh they're releasing some uh new like legendary missions that are going to be a lot tougher and trying to bulk my guys up to be able to run through those. I'm having a ton of fun still, uh, you know, despite issues. um, They're really, you know, improving the quality of life. So, uh,
0: um, yeah, that's pretty much all I've been playing. Excellent. Uh, For me, it's been a a little bit of the division, uh, a little bit of Apex. Uh, I played through and beat Ape Out, which... George, if you want a, a cheap, fun game for your Switch, uh, it's it's great. It's a top-down kind of arcadey. Uh, so it's very similar to Hotline Miami if you ever played that. But you're an ape that is uh, each little mini campaign. You're uh, smashing guys with machine guns, throwing shit across the uh, the map, and just basically wreaking havoc. Um, can't recommend it enough. Cool soundtrack. Um, But yeah, I played through and beat that, and um, I have been slowly working my way through um, Cuphead on Expert. I'm about halfway done, Um, just uh, something I never did, but uh, trying to round out my achievement list. I've got the beat the game on Expert, beat Mr. Diceman without getting hit, and those are the only two achievements I have left. So um, I got my work cut out for me, but uh, looking forward to diving into more Division and uh, Sekiro uh, when it launches in what do we got here 43 minutes so <laughs> all right well um where can everybody uh find you um george you can plug your instagram your gamer tag well, whatever you like man where can we find you
1: um my uh instagram is uh george j-o-r-g-e underscore my last name A R E V uh zero seven Um, that's pretty much all i all i really use instagram is sick one that's i space sick space one space i
0: for your uh, gamer tag yep all right perfect and uh zach uh you can catch me on twitter it's
2: miss prime two m's and optimus and prime as well as ease. um i also have been uh I got, a, a, I guess, a, a blog up now. It's uh, mindtemple.home.blog. and uh, I'm going to try and start putting some game stuff and everything on there. Pretty much uh, every day, if not every day, every other day and everything. Just, uh, you know, mm-hmm. my, my thoughts and everything. Nothing, nothing groundbreaking and all that. Just, uh, I like to talk about games, so this is just
0: another avenue for me to do that. Fantastic. And uh Mr. Smooth423 aka Robbie Bobby Miller.
3: Yes sir, yes sir. Uh yeah, I uh I up for Twitch uh it, everything my gamer tag PSN it's all Smooth423. Uh and hopefully the camera's uh, going to get updated soon. I had to upgrade my uh video card and my computer so hopefully that'll be done soon but I do stream as much as I can.
0: Excellent. So, yeah, I too will be uh, streaming very, very soon. I'm hoping to do it potentially next weekend for my first show or certainly at the weekend after, uh, which I have uh, called uh, or decided to call Rental Rush. Um, so, it'll be Rental Rush on Twitch, Rental Rush on YouTube, and you can find me at It's Waterman on uh, Twitter. Uh, you can also follow the show at EC Games Pod on Twitter. And you can find us now on Facebook, uh, and that will be probably your best uh, two spots to um, check out that March Madness bracket, which we really should call April Madness, I guess, for being accurate. Mm -hmm. But, uh, fellas, it has been a pleasure and an honor, as always. We look forward to uh, getting in your ear holes again soon, ladies and gentlemen. Till then, have a good
3: night. Take it easy. Take it easy. See ya.